welcome to The Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. I'm Anya Crittenden, writer at Gay Star News, and this week I am joined by only one of my co-hosts. Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area. Yeah, HT can't join us this week. Um, we miss her, as always. But She's covering Tribeca Film Festival Yeah, she's fancy like that. At SlashFilm.com. Very so fancy. check out all, she's been doing a couple of reviews of those movies. Um, but we have a really great episode this week. Uh, Willoughby, what is it? So, we're talking about Superman! One of the yeah. best comic characters ever. Yeah, so... Uh, little backstory on why we're doing Superman kind of randomly, especially a week before Avengers. Um, we are celebrating the 80th anniversary of Superman's debut in Action Comics number one. And uh, he, they also released Action Comics issue 1000, which is kind of wild when you think about it. It's a big um, milestone. Like, like it's a monthly, uh, it was a monthly thing for a while. And then I think it's twice monthly. So like, a thousand issues in 80 years i think that, and that's just action comics obviously superman got his own superman comic book you know like just himself plus there's lois lane had a run for a while jimmy olsen had a run supergirl crypto um i, be, I believe there's a super monkey too like there there's there's so many comic books the whole superman. super family is pretty this whole the whole super family and we are here to talk about how much we love superman um Kind of like a broad discussion of what we love about the character over the years, and then kind of go into like, like our favorite performances on TV and film, and maybe our not so favorite performances, um, and uh, we'll just see what what happens. So, uh, Anya, I believe out of the two of us, you're the more uh, super fan of Superman. I think I we believe. could probably say that. Although I will note, I wasn't always. Oh, you know what? Me too. I wasn't always a big fan of Superman. I was more like, oh, Batman's cooler. But I come around to Superman. See, it's kind of my my love for Captain America is also my love for Superman. Yes. And we'll get into that. I See, I never liked Batman. Um, and I still don't. But mm. I never liked the lawful good heroes like Captain America and Superman. They're now some of my favorite characters of all time. But when I was younger, I didn't like the villains. I liked the goofy sidekicks. So your Jimmy Olsen's, your Robins. So well, yeah. So my Robin, so my favorite member of the Justice League, uh, still to this day, but especially when I was little, was the Flash. Oh yeah. And you know, I look at Harry Potter. Ron is and always will be my favorite member of the Golden Trio. Um, and what do they have in common, especially if we're talking about Wally West? Redheads. Yeah. <laughs> like Willoughby. And yeah. I grew up on Hercules Legendary Journeys, but instead of loving Hercules, I loved Eolus. Like, I always loved the side character. Um, Interesting. Because I was like, oh, the good guy is so boring and noble and blah, blah, blah. And then I got older and I realized that that attitude is completely wrong. Um, and while I still love my goofy sidekicks, I also really love inspiring good guys now. And I've really come around to the idea of, like, good does not equal boring. And... I am just, as someone who is very kind of lawful good myself and very black and white kind of moral, like I relate to them and I'm also just like, yes, like they are what we should aspire to be. Um, And when I discovered my love for Superman years ago at this point, like I definitely got out of that, like back in college, high school, um, I've loved him ever since. And I just think he is really one of the most wonderful characters 
that we've seen in comics or movies. Um, and I adore him. So what about you? Where where does your love of Superman come from? So I think I've always kind of liked Superman as a concept for my life. I never hated him. I think there was probably a point where, like myself, I didn't want to be like associated with like the like the Boy Scouts and like the do-gooders and stuff. So I'm like, oh, well, Batman's cool and all these guys, like these underdogs, the anti-heroes and shit like that. And then kind of like um, Anya, you said like in college, like around there, I was like, I was like, you know what? I Superman's such a complicated figure because with within a world of messiness, he stands out above us all to represent the best in ourselves. And I think that's why I really have come around to love Superman because, um, and the best portrayals of Superman do this, where you see him as a representation of the best of humanity, and that's and Captain America is the same way. Like these these dudes who are classically like. They're not Tony Stark. They're not Batman. They're they're the they're the guys who Tony Stark and Batman wish they could be. be they wish they had the morals mm-hmm. of Superman and Captain America and Superman in particular because he's an alien. There's a whole another level of like, uh, you know, uh, I don't even know how to say this, but just like the fact that he, even though he looks like us, he's not one of us, but he represents the best of us. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, like with his, with his sense of truth and justice and for a long period of time, the American way, um, he was like, you know, kind of like what everyone looked up to, especially kids and having a great role model like Superman is kind of wonderful. And if you think about it before 1938, there really wasn't like a definitive mythological hero from the modern age that you could kind of look up to. There was presidents, I guess. There was probably some celebrities, but like there was no like there was no superhero before that. Yeah. You know? Like think about it. Like before Superman Batman was in nineteen thirty nine. And so the like none of these there might have been the i mean there's obviously the idea of a superman the ubermensch as nietzsche put it um <laughs> but you know like the the there you know there was no this idealized was, kind of yeah like besides like the gods of ye old past there were really no modern super her, super super people to look up to as as role models yeah. besides real people and let's face it politicians have always been crummy <laughs> And so, like, you know, celebrities and stuff, like, probably, like, the, probably actors were the first thing to come around and be like, oh, we should look up to these people. And that's why Superman is based on, like, the square-jawed, black-haired, you know, super tough-looking, like, movie stars of the 30s. And he's always kind of remained that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think we should start with the comics, because that's where Superman originates. Um, yes. And then get into, kind of, film and TV representations of him. Um, and I should say, I haven't actually read a lot of Superman comics, like, at, at all. I think I've read a couple of, like, the one-offs, like, the like the Death of Superman and all that. Like, the, the like singular volumes of Superman and not, like, the, the issue that comes out every month. Yeah, so I haven't either. Um, a lot of, uh, like, monthly comics that I've read, I'm way behind on comics right now. I don't have time for that. But, like, I was always a Marvel person when it comes to, like, monthly comics but i do Mm want to mention one comic um and that is all-star superman by grant morrison and frank quietly and to me it's the definitive superman comic and the best superman comic i've ever read it's beautiful and hopeful and thoughtful 
and wonderfully well written and it is exactly it encapsulates so perfectly why I love Superman and it's not like some ongoing like 300 issue comic it's like a like a mini series almost so like you can just buy I think it's two volumes you can just buy one and two and then that's it so I recommend that to you Willoughby yeah um why don't you give a small description of it because some people may want to read it um, if they don't know what yeah it's about. so like I said um it's written by Grant Morrison who's probably one of the more well-known comic writers um and drawn by Frank Quitely and it's a 12-issue comic book series. I just looked that up. Um, and Which is, like, standard for, like, a miniseries, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I'm not going to get into, like, the whole plot, because, like, it is, like, Lex, Lu- sure, Lex sure, Luthor's in like, it and stuff. But, like, right. all the blah, blah, blah. It's basically, DC calls it their stripped-down version of Superman. It's just, like, his essential elements, like, what makes Clark Kent Superman. And it's, it's, so it's very, like, small, and it's very grounded, even for being an alien. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just about him kind of becoming that idol for humanity and kind of why we all look up to him so much. Um, so, like, for me, it's, like, that definitive, you know, only 12 issues, and it perfectly gets why Superman is as special as he is. There are two things I want to mention it, and this will actually tie us into the movies. Nice. Plot twist. So first off, there's a really famous panel from this comic where Superman helps a young teen girl from committing suicide. Oh, it's from that miniseries. Yeah, yeah. So she's on the ledge of a building, and she's, like, crying. And Superman suddenly comes up behind her, and he says, Your doctor really did get held up, Reagan. It's never as bad as it seems. You are much stronger than you think. Trust me. And then he hugs her. And it's so simple. But, like, it's just one of those things where you know he really does believe that. And right. th- he's he's done this before. Like, I've seen him, like, stop people from committing suicide before. There's one where he, like, stays with a person literally overnight so they don't do it. And it just, it gets to, like, his goodness is, it's not fake, it's not manufactured, it is, it is who he is. Right. So this comic also has my all-time favorite quote about Superman. All-time all-star. Exactly. All-time all-star. And it's actually said by his father. Pa Kent. Jor-El. Oh. Oops. Other father. (laughs) And... Tell me if this sounds familiar to you. You have given them an ideal to aspire to, embodied their highest aspirations. They will race and stumble and fall and crawl and curse. And finally, they will join you in the sun, Kal-El. They will stumble, they will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. I believe I heard Russell Crowe said that to him in a little movie called Men of Steel. So, again, my all-time favorite quote about Superman, it is exactly why I love him, because I also love humans so much. So, mm-hmm. like, a man... And he represents he represent the, be- the best of humans. Exactly. So, when Man of Steel was coming out, they released two teaser trailers. One... Which... Some of the best teaser trailers, I so think. So, one with a voiceover by Pa Kent... 
and one with a voiceover by Jor-El. And I agree. Some of the best teaser trailers, they are gorgeous. They are emotional. And they took this quote and that's Jor-El's voiceover. They also took the music from Lord of the Rings. Yep. It's from uh, after Gandalf, you know, died. He comes back. Just like Superman. It's fine. Awkward. It's fine. Shh, shh. We were not talking about that. Um, but yes, yeah, so they use the Lord of the Rings music, which I'm always which always gets me more emotional. Yeah, I think it I mean obviously I think at the time they didn't have Hans Zimmer's score yes. yet, so they had like a temp track. Mm-hmm. And but it worked. They didn't so- do something so noticeable that it was Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And it works so well and that teaser trailer is like I still watch that teaser trailer and like get choked up and get emotional because I love it so much. And that teaser trailer, again, is like that is why I love Superman. That quote mm-hmm. and those visuals. Yeah, and then the movie happened. It's not a good movie. So that's a little bit. We're not going to get into the big history of Superman in the comics. I just wanted to recommend that one to you because um, I highly just think every man, every person who likes Superman should read it. Um, so yeah, so then it ha- popped up in Man of Steel and I was so excited and I thought this movie was going to be like another new definitive Superman and it wasn't. So who's your definitive on-screen Superman? Oh, on screen? I think I'd have to go with Christopher Reeve. I think, I I mean, really I would go with Justice League Superman, uh, Bruce Tim Superman okay. from the animated series because I grew up watching those cartoons. I think that counts. It's on screen. And it counts like on on screen. So I think yeah, I'd say I'd say that's that version of Superman is my is my on screen, but I think if we're going to like break it down by um film and TV, I think Christopher Reeve is my uh definitive Superman. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Christopher Reeve is also mine. Um my he's still my favorite. Um and I and I think the super the the 78 movie really gets to the heart of what superman is too like i think they re- did a really good job of adapting his his uh you know basically his myth his origin story yeah and i so let's let's talk about christopher reeve superman let's start there sure and we'll, we'll go forward from there yeah and so there were four yes there were four there was superman there well it was called superman colon the movie 1978 and then two years later they came out with superman 2 but um, fam- infamously, Richard Donner was uh, fired from the making of Superman 2. Richard Lester was put on to uh, finish the movie, and it became a lot more slapstick and a lot more, um, a lot less good. Um, and on a- as a side note, in 2006, they restored the Richard Donner cut um, in a Blu-ray release with uh, like a, th- a th- um, or as its own movie, but also like in a a pack of the Superman movies. Like if you buy. You could buy. You could still buy Superman two as you as it was released in theaters. But there's also Superman two colon the the Richard Donner cut, which I prefer. It's a lot more in tone with the first movie, and it's a lot more yes. straightforward. There's not all the slapstick. It still has the basic story. It's just a, there's a lot less um, of what makes it bad in there. Um, yes. And then there was Superman three, uh, which I don't believe had a. A subtitle but it starred Richard Pryor as a computer programmer who um, created uh, was forced by Lex Luthor to put um, to basically create like a synthetic kryptonite that broke Clark Kent in two so you had Clark Kent and then you had evil Superman and then uh, Superman 4 a quest for peace is basically uh, a 
the worst of the Superman movies in which he gets rid of all the nuclear devices in the world. And then uh, Lex Luthor creates like nuclear man or atomic man, some nuclear powered supervillain. And like Clark Kent's like, Oh brother, what are we going to do here? Um, <laughs> and John Cryer stars as uh, Lex Luthor's nephew, which is kind of wild because oh, it was like right in like 1984. So like Oof. right during the peak ducky. Um, that sounds awful. So I will, I will admit I've only seen the first two. Me too. Um, Actually, no, and I, I lie. I've seen all four. <laughs> Okay. I've only seen the first two, and I've seen the Richard Donner cut of two. Um, I never felt a need to watch three and four. You don't need to. It doesn't yeah. It doesn't lead into Superman Returns. Yeah, um, but the first two, like you said, I think it just, it really taps into Superman. Um, and I love how endearing they are. Like, I love, they're so earnest. Like, they know Superman is just a good guy, and they don't try and give him an edge, and they just let him be Superman and that's enough. And that is inspiring in and of itself. And they let him be Clark Kent. Yeah. And I think Christopher Reeve is just charming. He's so charming. And he does it. There's this one shot in Superman two, I think the Richard Donner cut version of it, where he's in the hotel room with Lois in Niagara Falls and he's pretending to be Clark. Well, not pretending he's being the persona of Clark Kent. And he finally decides to tell Lois who he's who he is, and he like takes off his glasses. He he stands up straight and he broadens his shoulders a little bit, and you can just see the the transformation from Clark Kent to Superman. Even though all he did was just like a couple minor, like moves, like literal moves, and then he was then that's I think that's what why he's so good at it because he's able to to be the same the, the two different people in one person. Because that's exactly. what Clark Kent and Superman are. Clark Kent yeah. is not... A lot of people criticize Superman for being like, oh, well, Clark Kent's just what he thinks of humanity. No, he's doing a, a, a weird, like, klutzy, nerdy performance to distance himself from his actual self. Yeah. Of which is Superman, you know? And, like, yeah. oh, we'll get into it, but Smallville does a really good job of doing that, too. So um, I'm completely blanking on the actress's name who plays Lois. Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder. She's also wonderful. Um, I mean, I, I really do think the scene where, like, he's flying with her in the first movie is still probably one of the most romantic scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. It's just, like, that movie just makes me smile. It just, it, it really nailed Superman for me. Um, I think it has, like, some plot issues, especially as it goes on. Well, it turns into a disaster film. Yeah, you know. Um, but I just think Christopher Reeve, like, it just makes my heart warm when I think about him as Superman. Like, and that's the thing is actually I, of all the on-screen super men, um, I actually don't think there's been a bad one. I think all the actors have been good, and I think some of them have just had bad directors, bad writers. Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that, but. So I've, I've liked all of them genuinely, um, but I think Christopher Reeve is still, he has that that earnestness and that warmth as Superman that hasn't really been tapped into again. Yeah, like you you wouldn't be afraid to have him like rescue your cat from a tree, whereas no. with a, with a, a certain 21st century Superman, you might be a little afraid. Yeah, yeah. So he's our favorite. Um, I think the first two movies are definitely worth the watch. Like, 
I still love them. I've watched them many times. Um, and I, I would recommend also the Superman animated series. Yes. Um, that is kind of like, it was, it aired at the same time as the Batman animated series. It was, you know, uh, produced by the same people. So it's like the same animation style. And obviously Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, basically like the whole run of the Bruce Timm animated series yeah. from the 90s and early 2000s, I think are definitive like versions of the superhero, of the, these DC heroes that we'd like. Agreed. Um. And, like, they do a lot of adaptations of the comic stories. Like, I think they do one for, like, for the man who has everything. They do one for, I think... I, I know they've adapted All-Star Superman, I think, into an animated movie. Um, I have to check that, but I think that... I think I've seen that. I think they did that for... They, they've done a couple of Superman stories as animated movies as well. Like, um, The Death of Superman... Um, although in that case they called it doomsday because you really can't sell something like called the, the deaths of Superman to children. Um, yeah. But anyway, why don't we, um, Anya, you haven't seen Smallville. Is that right? Well, I was going to say, hold on before Smallville, before Smallville, we're going to go in chronological order here. Okay. So what happens? So before Smallville, wasn't there Lois and Clark? Yes. The new invention of Superman. I've never seen a single episode. I have never seen it either. But I just wanted to mention that it exists. Um, Mm, I know people who really are fond of it. Um, Well, it's like a a rom-com. Exactly. Lois and Clark. It stars Dean Cain as Clark Kent and Terry Hatcher as Lois Lane. Um, And I mean, from like little clips I've seen and people talking about it, like it sounds, it sounds cute. Like, it sounds charming, and one day I would like to watch all of it, because it sounds like something that I would totally love, because I adore Superman and Lois Lane, and I think they are one of the definitive comic couples, and they should be together forever. Um, so that was uh, in the 90s. It was aired from 93 to 97. Um, and I just wanted to mention that that exists, and like a rom-com Superman is right up my alley. <laughs> one day I should watch it. <laughs> it sounds very cute. Yeah. Um, and then did Smallville or Superman Returns come first? Smallville did. Okay. So to answer your question, I've never seen Smallville. Okay. So Smallville is great. It took 10 seasons. Um, well, it aired for 10 seasons on the WB and then in 2005 it turned into, or 2006 it turned into the CW. It was one of the only shows to switch from, uh, or it was one of like three or four shows to switch from WB to CW. And uh, one of them, Supernatural, is still running. 14 seasons. Lordy. Um, but Smallville ran for 10. And uh, it's basically the the superhero origin story of Clark Kent over the first 10 years of, of him being kind of like involved with be- as being like a vigilante superhero. Um, it starts with him as like a 14-year-old, in, like a freshman in college, uh, high school, um, played by Tom Welling, he does a really good job of being like the earnest do-gooder right away, and like, like we said, like there really hasn't been a bad Superman um, actor, I would say, and Tom Welling gives a really like like good performance of being Clark Kent, and obviously, he later in the seasons he adapts a a, a superhero persona. He's not called Superman literally until like the last episode spoiler alert um but the like what i was what i was like 
watch while I was watching it, I was like, oh, he's basically Superman, but without the 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 suit and the name. You know, he the, like personality wise, he's there, mm-hmm. and he's always kind of there. And like he takes a couple of dark turns of where he's like putting humanity away and like only like shutting off his humanity and only being Superman, like only being Kal El. Um, but you know, they, his his friends always bring him back and show him how good humanity can be. And he always like is like, I'm sorry for doubting myself, blah blah blah. Um, and he's back to being like a do gooder. Um, yeah. And is there is there like Superman mythos in that show? Like, is there Jor El? Is there oh, like Krypton? Oh, oh, Terrence Stamp plays Jor El, and he does a fantastic job of being the voice of the voice of Jor El. I love Terrence Stamp. And and he's he's in like he's in quite a few episodes. Like if you look at his IMDb listing, he's in a lot of episodes. You never see his face. Um, and the Jor-El they use is a younger Jor-El from, uh, I don't forget his actor's name, but they do flashbacks. But yeah, they basically take the Superman 78 mythos and break and, and basically do like a, a soft reboot of it. Okay. It's the same iconography. He uses crystals. The Fortress of Solitude looks exactly like it would be in um, uh, Superman 78. And... Uh, Christopher Reeve actually shows up to be like this, like scientist who's in, who investigates like this, uh, you know, like alien planets, and like he basically start he basically is the first person to utter the word Krypton, mm. um, which I think is a really powerful moment, especially because they were playing the Superman theme, yeah, behind him during that, <laughs> amazing, um, and basically like he's basically playing like I wouldn't call it a reboot, but it's the same. Because, like, you know, the Fortress of Solitude in the comic books sort of took over um, the look of the Superman 78 afterwards. Like, the the movie had such huge iconography that the comics sort of adapted that. Like, all the crystals and stuff. Um, and they do that. They do that really well. Um, John Schneider plays his... plays Pa Kent. And Annette O'Toole plays um, his mom uh ma kent or Mm -hmm. martha kent um and they're fantastic they're and we can we'll get into this uh uh jonathan kent in this is so much better than uh kevin costner's jonathan well yeah we'll talk about that because that's one of my biggest grievances with man of steel um it's so so like it's basically like your standard Superman origin story set up over ten years. They get into a he actually fights a lot of villains that he would fight in the comics as regular Superman, like Zod and Doomsday, um, and a couple other villains. Um, but you've got Green Arrow, who it's a really good Green Arrow played by Justin Hartley. Um, he's like the fun kind of you know like. Quippy. The, the Ollie that I love from the comics. He's called Ollie a lot. So, Ugh. you know, yeah. Um, and Dino I Lance is only in there a couple of times, uh, but they have a, a definite romance, I think, going on. I love um, Ollie and Dinah. Like, Lois so Lane much. actually, yeah, Lois Lane actually shows up a lot earlier than I thought she would. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays uh, main character Chloe Sullivan's cousin, Chloe, who is a um, original character to the show. Yes. And she basically plays his best friend and confidant. And uh, there's Lana Lang, played by Wait, Kristen Chloe's uh, played by the one who just uh, went to, like, jail for all oh, the cult yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, we should reference that. So, um, Allison, Allison Mack, Allison Mack uh, was just arrested for sex trafficking in a sex cult. Um, and But she's really good on Smallville. Oh, it's so awkward. It's so weird, though. Um, 
and uh, Kristen Crook. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Uh, she plays Lana Lang. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her her last name is K R E U K. I think it's Kristen Crick. I could, okay. I could be wrong, but she's she's great as Lana Lang. Um, Michael Rosenbaum is uh yeah Michael Rosenbaum is uh um Lex Luthor. He gives a really solid Lex Luthor performance. It's not um he start and they start out as friends Clark and Lex, and then they don't they're not friends anymore by the end of it. Um, and it's really great. I'm kind of rambling here, so I'm going to wrap up my little description, but I would say that if you're, if you're jonesing for some Superman storytelling, um, and you have a Hulu account, I'd watch some Smallville. It's a weird thing where like, I obviously adore Superman, but like Smallville has never appealed to me for some reason. I think just like whole, the whole teen WB thing has never just it's never really been my thing yeah although um, i would maybe i would maybe revisit it because you know they kind of kept going with these superhero stories on the cw um like supergirl and the flash and arrow and legends of tomorrow and basically they all should pay respect to what they did on smallville i mean fair totally fair i completely agree um and at least smallville had a better oliver queen <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> at least his all. At least Smallville's Oliver Queen wasn't just a Batman stand-in. Exactly. Um, so yeah, one day I'll have to give it a try. Um, but I know that Tom Welling. I know that a lot of people love him as Superman. Yeah. Um. So, and I know that you recently watched it, and so you really. Can well, say I watched that it, it for the first time. And oh, for the first time. Yeah. Oh, so does so, it? So I know you never watched it when it aired, but like, does it hold up as like a, it a is, dated? Is it dated? Is it? It it dates itself because, um, not in terms of its politics, but in terms of its like, two thousands aesthetic. So like, okay. um, All American Rejects, Lifehouse, yes. and uh, there's one other. That's my jam, Willoughby. Yeah. All, okay. So All American Rejects and Lifehouse both have like live performances on the show oh my god like they guest star as like they like they're at the i think lifehouse is at the prom and then all american rejects is just doing a concert and it's in like season seven that's Um, incredible and and they play a couple other songs i think they play give you hell i can't remember but um but like the aesthetic of it of the 2000s are there like it was definitively a 2000s show like if i can put like there's a scene where clark kent senior year championship football game he's the quarterback he's alone in hit the locker room and boulevard of broken dreams by green day starts playing <laughs> it's probably the, the the most 2000s moment i could ever see that's on amazing a, on a show and that's it's, amazing it, and it's so good um it's fun it's very the thing is it's very monster of the week so like uh the whole thing is that the kryptonite that came down in the in a meteor shower with clark um actually has uh, actually affects different people and like gives them powers and like a lot of them go crazy or they do stuff they they shouldn't be doing and clark has to like take them down kind of um so like that's what the the the, the shtick of the of the series is for i'd say the, at least the first five or six seasons and then he goes he actually moves to metropolis and it's more mm-hmm. like it's more serial serialized gotcha um, but, but like during high school it's very like clark is you know up late fending off 
meteor freaks. That's what they call them. So <laughs> that's um, funny. Yeah. So like you know, it's like how do we get Clark to utilize his powers without him just like lifting up like a barrel of hay over his head? Yeah. And it's like we'll we'll have like these like villains. It's basically like the Flash doing um, uh, meta the of the week. Meta of the week. It's it's basically meta of the week, but yeah, meteor freak of the week. Um, yeah. So why don't we talk about? Uh, Brandon Routh. Okay, so I have something Superman. to say. I will defend Brandon Routh as Superman to my dying days. Oh, I will join you on that hill. I think he's probably my second favorite Superman after Christopher Reeve, honestly. Do and you think he- it's because he, he, they do the most to represent the the 78 movie? Like a lot of it is, it, they treat it almost like a, it's like an unofficial sequel to those movies. Yes. And I think that's part of it. Um, there's a lot that bogs down this film. Um, it's not a great film, like overall, objectively. Um, and it, it, it is by and stars some people who uh, are not great because it's directed yeah. by Brian Singer, who is uh, not the best. And stars Kevin Spacey. Who... As Lex Luthor. Is not the best. So there are definitely some things that like some blots on this film and also just like directing and plot. It's just, it's not the best Superman in the world. I mean, it's a real estate thing. Yeah. He like wants to create new Krypton. Like that's not like, no. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's similar to the absurd plot of Superman, the movie where like Lex Luthor would like wants to like break away California or whatever it is that like weird land yeah, plot he wants to like he like activates the san andreas fault yeah to very, create like a like a statewide earthquake yeah it's very weird um but brandon Routh is so good he's very good he he kind of he embodies the ideals of the christopher reeve superman to a t yeah he's so or to an good. s i should say to an s yeah, I love Superman. Like, I, I, I wish his movie was better. I wish, like, I knew they were aiming to do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew that was part of the talks and that was part of the contract and stuff. And then it just never went because the movie didn't do well and all that stuff. But, like. But the thing is, it did do well, but not as well as they hoped. Yeah. They were hoping it would get 500 to $600 million. It made around 200 to 300 which is still really good. Yeah, it is. And I kind of wish we had gotten the chance to see another Brandon Ralph Superman film, um, perhaps directed by someone else, and <clears throat> just see what more he had to offer. Because I just think he's so, I mean, I'm going to say these, all these words again, but like he's so charming and endearing and earnest. He's very much that Christopher Reeve Superman for kind of the 2000s. And I'm also just so glad we have him on Legends now, because he's great as Ray Palmer. And I love seeing him as that kind of nerdy hero again. Because I just think Brandon Routh is great. I'm very fond of him. Also, we should say, if if we could ever do a sequel to his Superman, I'd want Joe Johnston to direct it. Ooh. Because he did the first Avenger. And I think that he really nailed down Cap's um, uh, personality, especially yeah. in... The, in like the origin story of it mm-hmm. all, and I think he did. And like he directed the Rocketeer, which also oh. stars like a very do-gooder hero fighting Nazis. So like, it'd be really interesting. You know, it'd be really interesting a live-action Superman that is a period piece. Ooh, like thirties or forties Superman. Yeah, maybe fifties. Well, I like fifties. 
fifties would be good. That would be because like because the thing is like well how do you, how do you do Superman in the forties and not have him just like fly into Berlin and kill Hitler? Yeah, and also we've had too many World War Two movies. Yeah, but do like do like a fifties so Superman where he has to deal with like communism yes. and like evil. Like, Wait, I love this. Like, what, yeah, I want this so bad, and I want Brandon Routh so, to play him. I don't care. You're in L.A. Get Joe Johnston's number, okay. and then we'll make a Superman movie I'll, with I'll him. I'll definitely do this. I'll be like, hey, Brandon Routh, take a break from Legends. It's fine. It'll be like a timed loop jump thing. We'll make it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't care what anyone says. I'll defend him forever. You'll defend him. Not the movie. The movie, not so yeah. much. But I will defend him and his performance forever. Um, and, like, thank goodness we have Ray Palmer now, because he's delightful on screen. Yes. Um, so... In 2013, there was a movie that came out. It starred Henry Cavill. They called it Steel Man. Sorry, they called it Men of Steel. The French way of saying Steel Man. Um, Men of Steel. Man of Steel is not great. <laughs> Man of Steel is not a good movie. And they too, do too much with too little. But Henry Cavill is solid. I'm so frustrated for us and also for Henry Cavill. Because I think he has a really good Superman inside of him. Yes. A very good, pure, wonderful Superman. And Zack Snyder has literally never given him the opportunity to be the Superman we know he can be. Yeah. It's so frustrating because I think Henry Cavill could be great. So we're not going to do like a breakdown of Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and Justice League. But to su- su- suffice to say, Henry Cavill, there, the fact that he is written to be a brooding, like, I don't know, my place in this world, Superman, is good for the first movie, I think. And like, but only like the first 20 minutes of the first movie. Yeah. Because then at some point, once he puts on the suit, he should know who he is. I think that's the thing. That's why they, that's why, ooh, that's why Smallville got it so right. He doesn't put on the suit until he's actually Superman. Until he lets go of all of his whims, not whims, all of his like uh, fears and, you know, anything that he might not be as good as people think he is. Once he gives, once he says, no, I... I'm going to be a, a symbol for these people. That's when he becomes Superman. That's when he gets the suit. That's when he flies up into the sky. Because he doesn't fly in Smallville until the very end. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like his, his, he has, he has um, basically like mental and inhi- mental blocks that are not allowing him to access his full potential because he hasn't become who he is yet. And I think yeah. that they symbolize that with his flight. Because Kara, mm-hmm. Kara, they have Supergirl on the show, and she's able to fly right away because she was 18 when Krypton blew up. So she, like, already mm-hmm. knew who she was and whatnot. But he doesn't. And so, like, when it comes back to Henry Cavill, I understand doing a Superman origin story and having, because I've seen Smallville, of having him kind of waver and not sh- know who he is. That's the, that's the point of all Superman origins, all superhero origin stories. Who am I? You know, who am I to these people? But halfway through the movie, he should be the Christopher Reeve Superman, or at least a jovial Superman. Yeah, I think one of my biggest problems for me is that I haven't seen Justice League. I doubt I ever will. Um, but between Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, 
it feels to me like Zack Snyder, A, doesn't understand Superman, and B, doesn't like Superman. Right. Like, it really, like, watching Man of Steel, it just really felt like the director, like, the man at the helm of this project just didn't like who Superman was. And so he was like, we have to change him. Yeah. We have to change him for the 21st century for blah, blah, blah. And I have have so many grievances with this film, but, like, one of them... You know what, though? He says we have to change him for the 21st century, or, you know, he, like, has to, we have to modernize him. Supergirl? The TV show had a Superman, and he's, like, great. Yeah, Tyler Hecklin, we've only seen him in, like, once or twice, but he's fun. He, like, like right away, like, like you know, like, if they if they do a series on him, I'd watch it, because I think he's yeah. in it, he's a, in a, he, he nails it. He does the whole Clark Kent Superman shtick, and he nails it. Um, yeah, and again, Henry Cavill could. I believe, he, I really believe he could. And so but this, Zack Snyder never lets him. And this is why I believe you could, because I have seen Justice League. And a lot of Clark Kent, not Clark Kent, a lot of Superman has was redid, redone, because you can tell because he has the... Uh, the mustache. The, 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 fake must, the fake not there mustache. So you can tell that a lot of what they did with Superman is almost all reshoots, um, which means it's almost all done by Joss Whedon and not... Um, Zack Snyder it was rewritten too and so you have a Superman who makes jokes who cracks wise who smiles who enjoys living enjoys being a hero um says things like truth and justice like he like like basically does like an embodiment of what we want Henry Cavill Superman to do but it took three movies and a death to get there yeah, Which and is a different my problem. director. And a different director. And a, and a different, and a, ostensibly a different writer, because Joss Whedon did the rewrites. So, it's so weird that it, you know, like, it just, they couldn't nail it in two? Like, and they couldn't nail it in one? They nailed it in one in 1978. Yeah. Yeah. So, I want to talk about the idea, I want to keep talking about a little bit about Man of Steel and its representation of Superman, and the idea that, like, good equals boring, which is something that's often thrown around with characters like Superman and Captain America. And so first off, that's not true. Good does not equal boring. No, you can and like like we've seen, we the Captain America movies have always been very fun and very interesting. Yeah. Winter Soldier is a perfect movie. And you can but you can still have conflicts and moral dilemmas and like you said, like I'm okay with a Superman movie for him kind of figuring out his place in the world and who he is to humanity, like He's not a god. He doesn't want to be a god, but he does want to like be with them and help you, them. And you never see Superman wanting to help people. He always seems obligated. He's like, "Well, I guess I gotta help yes. these people now." Lord, exactly. And like that, like again, twenty minutes of him kind of figuring out his place and stuff. Like, fine. Like he he's a character. He should have growth and all that. But like the reason Superman is so great is because it never. It's never about, he never says, like, oh, I'm tired of this, or, like, maybe humanity doesn't deserve saving. His mom like, says that in Batman versus Superman. He's like, these people don't deserve yeah. you. And even, like, in Man of Steel, you have a terrible Kevin Costner performance of Pa Kent being like, well, maybe you should have let that kid die in the bus. Exactly. Which is something that would never cross Superman's mind, because that's not who he is. And... I don't think 
putting that like conflict in him makes him more interesting or it just takes away what makes him Superman. And I mean, I have a lot of problems with like the end of the film and him killing Zod and like all the destruction, which at least in Marvel movies, like they address, like whenever a city is blown up in Marvel, like they address the fact that there's fallout and civilians got hurt and they don't do that in Man of Steel. They do it in Batman versus Superman, but you can tell that it's an afterthought. That is, you could tell that it it's is. supposed to be like, oh, well, there was fan outcry that we blew up a city in, to make it look like 9-11. So we're going to address it in exactly. the sequel. Well, and the, yeah, and then they have the weird 9-11 parallels, which uh, do not yep. work. Um, but so my, so I, there's one moment I pinpoint in Man of Steel when I knew this movie wasn't going to work for me and why I just do not like it. What's that? And that is the death of Pa Kent. So in Man of Steel, Pockin's death is not inevitable. Superman could have saved him. That's right, because it was a tornado, and Superman can stop tornadoes, and can fly, and can super speed. Fly. Yeah. In 1978, Superman the movie, Pockin dies of a heart attack. And so he does in Smallville. Superman can't stop that. He just can't. Human beings are mortal. Our bodies destroy themselves eventually and it's such a good lesson for superman to learn that like he can try but he will never be able to save everyone sometimes there will be things that he can't stop that he can't control and he has to learn to come to accept that and in man of steel he just listens to bad kevin costner pa kent and lets him die because, and forgive me, forgive me if I'm wrong, the reason Paul Kent says, don't save me, is because he didn't want Clark's secret revealed to the Something to the like that. Because I, I, that's why he also didn't want Clark to save the kid in the bus, because, like, he would have been, like, exposed. Something like that. Like, that's so stupid. Like, Smallville addresses that in a way of saying, of basically Jonathan Kent saying, just be careful that no one sees you. Mm-hmm. And you can do it. Like, you go ahead, like, save people, but just be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Superman is good. Superman saves people. This is not a bad thing. It's really not. It's really not. And I just think to kind of bring a conclusion and stuff and not keep harping on Man of Steel. I think that we've seen a lot of really good depictions of Superman over the years. And I think that people do appreciate the character he is. And I'm really glad of that because he's such a great character. And I'm really glad we have him. Right? Like, people can look up to him in our own lives, in the lives of the characters in the comic books, and say, like, I want to be like Superman. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. In fact, it's the best thing. It's especially like, especially in the past 18 months. Yes. And like it's so funny like I'll be in stores and like I'll see like shirts that say like kindness is cool or like kindness is magic. And I feel like we're finally getting to that point where all the cynicism we're getting tired of it and we're realizing that it doesn't actually do anything and that yeah just being a good person, being kind and being empathetic and fighting for what's right and being good, which are all these things that Superman embodies and has embodied. We're finally like being like, yes, like 
it's not corny it's not cheesy it's not like uncool it's it's who we should be it's who we should aspire to be and that's cool yeah i agree so i'm really glad we have superman we should all try and be a little bit more like him and that's all i have to say and i think that wraps up our conversation on superman i think so too So let's move on to our last segment of the episode. I really, 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 really like you. But I need to tell you something. Am I getting? <laughs> we're like What's not sure because like HT's always the one who does this. So we're like, oh God, who talks? Yeah. Who talks? Uh, <laughs> we don't have Anya, HT why don't here. You go, why, don't, why don't you go first? All right. So I saw my most anticipated movie of the year. Ooh, I saw that? an early screening of Disobedience. Ooh. It comes out this Friday, April 27th. It stars Rachel McAdams and Rachel Wise as women who come from an Orthodox Jewish community in London. And they're in love, more or less. Um, things happened when they were younger and Rachel Wise left the community. She comes back after her father died. He was the rabbi of the community. And they have to confront their feelings for one another and their faith and their community and what it means to have the freedom to choose and be themselves. And it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful, well-made film. It's by the Chilean director who just did A Fantastic Woman, which is about the trans woman in Chile who just, that just won the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film. Oh, cool. Um, and it feels like such an authentic story of of being yourself and grappling with sexuality and identity and the place where you come from. And I'm just going to put this out there because I think it's really important that people should know. It doesn't have a tragic ending. Woo! It has a good ending. Woo! And the ending just made my heart sore and it made me feel so many things. And I just love seeing movies like this that are well-made and really get to, you know, I like seeing movies that have representation. Um, And yeah, and there's also the kind of shallower fact that um, Rachel McAdams is my favorite actress in the whole world. And she stars in a queer movie and she's wonderful. And that just gave me a lot of feelings. Oh my god. So this movie is just, you know, I know it's probably not like the kind of thing that you would immediately seek out Willoughby, but I feel like if you ever did see it, like the filmmaking is really something. Like Mm -hmm. the techniques that it uses is really beautiful and I think you would at least appreciate that. Um, But yeah, it's a great film. It comes out in the US limited release April 27th, which is this Friday, and I hope people go see it because... I think it's important and also just a good film. Like, just see good movies about women. So, disobedience is what I'm really liking. Awesome. What about you? Uh, a little show called Gravity Falls. Uh, I did the binge watch thing that I normally do for shows that I really like, where I just get into it. I, it took me about a week, um, which is not my greatest time. Uh, to watch a 40-episode 40, uh, 40 show. 
uh, I could probably, if I had a weekend, I probably would have watched the whole thing. But uh, because of work and whatnot, um, plus I'm doing a, a full Marvel movie rewatch with my girlfriend, uh, had to space out time for Gravity Falls. <laughs> but I finally watched it. I finally finished it. Um, I'm so glad I watched it. It's such a perfectly great um, kids show that is fun and smart, but also has like um, an emotional core to it that I think that is missing from like some other shows. I can't name names um, just because I can't think of anything. But like the thing about Gravity Falls is that like it's got such a rich mythology of its characters and that they like each other and that they are concerned for each other and that when bad things happen, they help each other and they save each other and they fight the forces of evil in a small Northwest town in America. It's like Twin Peaks meets like, uh, X-Files meets like a kid's show. Like it's so good. Yeah. Um, and like, it's all about like, cryptids and monsters and spooky beings and um it's very fun it is very fun i really like it um i think it has probably the best theme song uh ever it, it's theme song is so good yeah it's so good like it's such a bop it really is um i yeah i recommend other people watch it i think it's really wonderful it's it, it kind of falls into that like I feel like a lot of recent kids animation has been really good, like starting with like Avatar and then Korra, but then you have like Gravity mm-hmm. Falls, Over the Garden Wall, like um, Steven Universe, Adventure, Adventure Time. Time, like, you know, there's something really exciting happening, I think, in that realm. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I love it. Um, cool. That's our episode. If you guys have any thoughts on Superman or Disobedience or Gravity Falls, come chat with us. And where can they do that, Willoughby? You can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and rate, review, subscribe, and listen to us on iTunes and Google Play. Where can they find you, Anya? You can find me at Anya Crittenton on Twitter. And you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs on Twitter. And follow HT at HTranBooey on Twitter for her Tribeca film reviews. Yes. She's doing, she's doing good work up there. She is. All right, well, that's our episode. Thanks for joining us. Bye! Bye.